Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I welcome Kat back to the podcast, Head of Marketing and Strategy at Kernel and host of It's No Secret. Welcome back to talk about emotional spending. How are you? Thanks, Sarah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very, yeah, very excited for this conversation because very topical given we've just come out of quite a challenging and emotionally draining time. So being locked down. Yep, totally. And I have um, kind of lost all discipline when it comes to spending recently. So I definitely can't give much in terms of advice here, but I can definitely give a personal perspective of um, mental weakness when it comes to using my debit card anywhere. (laughs) Look, I think, you know, the the funny thing is, is I kind of came into lockdown thinking like, yeah, I'm going to save money over this, you know, four or five weeks, however long it ends up being. And then coming out the other side, I'm like, that definitely hasn't happened. I feel like we've spent a lot more money than we had anticipated. And I can appreciate that people are probably in a similar situation. And you're a bit like, holy crap, how did that happen? Yeah, totally. It just kind of comes out of nowhere when you're not expecting it. But I think it always it's funny because these sorts of things always come back down to making sure you have a plan. But when you go into a pandemic, you know, that's kind of the definition of really All goes not out the window. Yeah. So <laughs> now we're here talking about it. <laughs> um, Definitely. But I'd love to know if you could give us like a time just to start us off where you mm. have emotionally spent and if you ended up regretting that. Oh, great question. So <clears throat> I was having a think on this question. And I'll give two because I'll give one where I did it and then one where my husband Luke did did this recently. So because there's probably different outcomes. So um, my example was it was actually pre-lockdown, but I had a really busy like two weeks coming up for work and there was some travel involved and there was heaps on and I'd been quite stressed. And because we were traveling, we we're going to the South Island. I hadn't really done any kind of shopping in the last like couple of weeks and um you know middle of winter and it got to like Sunday and I just made a snap decision I was leaving on the Monday made a snap decision to go to the shops went down to Ponsonby Road and literally bought like a whole new winter wardrobe (laughs) for no real reason didn't really need it but at the time I was like no you know I'm going I'm going to the South Island I need these warm nice jumpers and a scarf and like Mm. that classic thing if I went in thinking I'm just going to get one jumper bought three jumpers and a scarf I did not need a scarf it was just a total (laughs) random add-on at the end (laughs) and it was a complete justification I think for the stress and anticipation that I was feeling about you know, all the work that had gone into that and then what was coming up Mm. and reflecting on that funnily enough during lockdown I did a little bit of a wardrobe clean out, as I'm sure some people have, trying to, you know, waste time on the weekends. Um, And (laughs) I had this stark realisation as I'm folding all my clothes that I have like 12 jumpers. So that was completely unnecessary and it was just totally driven by, you know, this emotion. Um, And then I guess on the flip side, oh, well, so do I regret it? Look, I've had a lot of wear out of them and I feel like I've kind of forced myself to justify the cost spend by actually, you know, basically outfit repeating the same three jumpers for the last two months. Um, But on reflection, I was like, I probably didn't really need that. I do have lots of other nice clothes. Um, 
Whereas Luke during lockdown has done a lot of emotional spending and I would say basically drew, um, due to boredom. So, mm. you know, I have never seen so many like uh, deliveries come to our house and <laughs> they've been for things that ultimately we probably would have bought and that's where maybe I put his emotional spending in a slightly different category mm. um, in the sense that a lot of them were for our house and kind of like tech upgrades, so to speak. Um mm. So, you know, we got a new Apple TV because our Apple TV was completely on the fritz. And now that we have it, we're like, this is amazing. Like, you know, it is, yes, so, so worth it. But I guess the difference is, you know, we probably would have bought some of that stuff anyway, but we just, he hadn't planned it in. He kind Mm -hmm. of brought forward all of these expenses, which then probably threw out our cash flow a little bit. So the lesson with that one is, you know, no regrets, but probably not well planned, if that makes sense. Oh, totally makes sense. And I can absolutely resonate um, with both of those things. And I think that in lockdown, if you know you can slightly justify the purchase because you were going to need it anyway or it's coming up to that time, then you're just 100% going to get it because you have nothing else to fill your time with. And every time the delivery man or woman gets to your door, you're like, yes, I can't wait to one, see another human and two, get my package. Get this thing. This is so good. This is my thing for the day. Exactly. This is my activity. <laughs> Quite literally. It's so exciting. Um, and so there's so many different ways and you touch on a couple of them that we mm. can find ourselves in this situation. Um, specifically, I feel like for me, yes, yeah, stress can bring it on. Um, and I'm the kind of the, I'm the kind of person who, when I make a purchase, it's like this. I've just opened the floodgates. Like one just yes. leads me on to another one, which leads me on to another one, and then I'll shut them and I'm done forever. Like I could go cold turkey, but then one more triggers. I'm opened yep. up to all these other ones. So, yep. what is like emotional spending in your view, and what are some times and ways we can find ourselves in, in these situations? Yeah. That is, you've literally hit on such a key point with basically what emotional spending, what that driver is. So I'll get to that in a second, Sarah. But I guess, you know, if you think about like us as human beings, we all crave the feeling of feeling good. And that's only natural. Like everyone wants to feel good. We want to feel like happy and warm. And we get that feeling when we have, you know, rush of endorphins and a rush of like a dopamine hit. Now, Dopamine is a really interesting drug because it actually creates reward-seeking loops. So basically this is how, you know, dopamine can have a good effect in the sense that you can have a dopamine hit when you go out for a run, therefore you feel really good, so you want to continue running. The negative effect, though, is, you know, things like you get into an Instagram scrolling troll because you see something, you open up your Instagram app, you see something you like, you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to keep going. And then all of a sudden half an hour is gone and you feel a little bit empty because you're just trying to continually increase that, like, hit Mm. every time. You know, this is also basically how people fall into really bad behaviours, like taking drugs. It's the same Mm. kind of thing. They're just wanting something better and better. And what you just described in terms of opening the floodgates when you buy something is essentially that, right? Because you buy something, you get this instant hit when it arrives or Mm. you click purchase and you get the confirmation email and you're like, yes, I feel really good. And then you kind of just want that to continue. And it's really hard to break out of that reward-seeking loop. And I think this is where you know, there's a couple of things that we can talk about today in terms of understanding what the underlying driver is, but then also just having some like tricks and hacks in place to try and, I guess, be aware of the fact that that's just our monkey brain. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, 
we need to recognize that that's how we are designed as human beings and it's a little bit of a shortcoming so we need to put some strategies you know in place for that Mm, yeah yeah. does that make sense Totally. In terms of when you think about then how you kind of just, yeah, want to keep one-upping that purchase Absolutely. or that feeling. Absolutely. Like I, yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's one of those things that you also kind of are sort of aware of, but you almost cho- choose to not be 100% self-aware to kind of, because you just want it so bad. And it's kind of that, you know, you have the trade-off in the moment, like the oppor- what is the opportunity cost of not having this and you're kind of not willing to have that when you don't have something else to distract you or like say you've got something coming up on the weekend and like yes. specifically in a lockdown situation, if you, if, you, if you weren't in lockdown and had something coming up on the weekend, you could kind of justify that, oh, you want to save your money for that event or whatever it is, but you haven't got anything mm. like that. So you're kind of like, well, I need something to fill that gap. And it speaks yep. to exactly what you were talking about. And like, why do you think that we do this leading on from that? Because mm. I think emotional spending can come as a result of like, so many feelings, but also things like FOMO and fear that we're missing mm-hmm. out. And because we're so dialed in on social media when there is a lockdown, I feel yep. that FOMO can increase even more because you're just constantly watching other people's lives. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, you're bang on there. And one of the things that's probably worthwhile being aware of in emotional spending is, you know, yes, like let's have a think about that underlying driver. Like what is the emotional, the need that's ultimately driving you to do that sort of behavior. Mm. And the thing with that is, you know, it is quite hard. Like that does take self-reflection and it's not exactly something that all of us want to think about all the time, particularly if we've been having a hard time. Um, But, you know, really understanding, okay, well, is it stress? Is it fear of something that's going on in the world and a lot of uncertainty at the moment? Is it, um, you know, wanting to fit in under a certain socioeconomic status or appear in a certain way to keep up with our peer group? Um, You know, is it you have sort of started, you know, going down this path as I think many young people do, they get a job, they leave university, they kind of create, you know, the the best version of themselves and then sometimes there's an image that comes with that that can be quite hard to maintain if our finances are not in the strongest position and we can very easily inadvertently get ourselves into kind of this spending cycle and then of course when we spend have a small dopamine hit feel good for a little while perhaps have put it on a credit card or use some savings that we didn't want to save, we then basically go straight back down into feeling pretty crappy, have a low mood, and the whole cycle starts again because you want to take yourself out of that point. And so I think, you know, my kind of advice to people would be, well, really try and look inwardly and see what is that behavior what is what is your biggest triggering emotion? You know, like for me, I would definitely say it's stress. I don't really care so much about what other people have like I can see other people and feel like oh god I wish I also had that really nice handbag or a slightly nice car but it's not for me enough of a driver to actually take an action on that whereas if I feel really stressed because I have been working hard at work or there's a lot going on in our life I find it super easy to justify doing things and I think it's maybe thinking about for yourself what is your self-talk in your head that makes you justify something and then take a step back from that and figure out what that thing is. Mm, Do you, would you like, does that kind of make sense for you? Is there something that maybe comes to mind for you that you're like, that is my justification point? I think I would be stressed as well, honestly. Like I feel that the time, if I can think about the times where I spend, it's where I'm kind of just like, oh, 
you know what? Like I just deserve to treat myself because I'm so yeah. slipped out right now. So I'm just going to do it and not even think about it because I'm thinking about too many other things to bother putting any kind of energy towards this. And that's yeah. sort of my thing. I, I'd never, like if I was sad or something, my first mm. thought wouldn't be to to treat myself in the sense of buying new clothes or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely stress, I would I would tend to justify anyway because it feels like okay for whatever reason I'm stressed, therefore it means I deserve this thing, and yep. that's kind of like probably the other trap you can put yourself in is like, of course you deserve this thing, but it's like you can also deserve it without blowing your entire financial situation out of the water. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the as you say, like it is super important to recognize, I guess, what that behavior is, but then also put it in the bigger picture of like, um, you know, one thing that we talked about on It's No Secret recently is we talk a lot about the Tiara Ahanga Ora um, like financial wellbeing surveys and all the work that they do. And, you know, the 18 to 20, 34-year-old age group that they survey is highlighted to be the age group that struggles the most with spending restraint mm-hmm. um, and they found that you know one in seven people struggle with impulsively buying things they can't afford yeah. and more than one in five frequently run out of money because of overspending so mm-hmm. if you're listening to this thinking like oh gosh this is me I please don't feel like you're the only person because there's definitely lots of us out there but I think it's you know it's really worthwhile having a reflection of okay what is yeah what is my justification language and message that I'm telling myself and then take that and try and step back into figuring out what is the one driving emotion or um, situation that is really driving that behavior and justification and then tackling that yeah absolutely I think it's the best way to kind of approach it and overcome it as well and something I was thinking about while you're speaking about that keeping up with the Joneses type mentality is Mm. that often you can get caught in a place where you feel like if you stop doing that thing and you stop keeping up then you're ultimately you know worth less or you won't be as important to some people you you won't you won't be something 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 and I think it's also important to understand or identify in yourself that that's not true and that's something you're putting mm. on yourself and it's totally okay to if you once put all of these expenses on a credit card for whatever reason you then decide that you know you're not going to do that anymore and that doesn't impact who you are or your worth as a person either yes yeah absolutely and I think that, that you just reminded me of a um a really great story of a client that I used to work with in Melbourne um we she came to see us to help us or she wanted to save for her first home so her ultimate goal was she was coming to see an advisor to make sure that she could save for her first home and that was kind of you know the face um, like driving, I guess, motivation. But when we kind of dug under the hood a little bit, you know, going through her spending behavior and making her actually write out all her budget and her spending, like you talk about in terms of, you know, assessing a whole month and what actually went out of your bank account, we realized that she had a really high level of discretionary spending. So like amounts that she was spending at cafes on weekends and coffees and all this sort of stuff, like quite high for a single person. And so, um, you know, in a meeting with her, we dug into that and we were like, just, you know, what are you doing? Like, what's your social events look like on the weekend? Where's this kind of money going? And it transpired that whenever she was going out with friends on the weekend and she would, you know, whether they initiated the catch up or she did, she was paying for everyone. So she would go, you know, have lunch with three friends and then pick up the tab for everyone. Mm. And 
she was on a relatively high income. So you could kind of see why maybe, you know, she got herself into a mindset of thinking, oh, you know, I'm a high income earner. I can afford to be generous. But when you actually, you know, we kind of asked her a little bit more probing questions, the truth of the matter came out to be that she had a very, very deep seated complex around the fact that she felt very unworthy of those Mm. people being her friend. And she said to us that she only felt the way that um, the only way that they would continue to maintain their friendship with her was if she paid for things for them and gave them really nice things. And, you know, that is just like, to me, totally heartbreaking. And I guess something that a lot of people, you know, there there are very or can be very deep emotional triggers that are driving this behaviour. And so, you know, it can, I guess, require a challenging conversation and whether it's something that you want to talk to a partner about or a friend or kind of like write on if you're not willing, you know, mm. in a place to be able to kind of talk about it publicly because it is it is hard. Um, and I think, you know, just being obviously prepared for the fact that, yeah, as you say, like keeping up with the Joneses is a whole other thing, but really figuring out what that um, emotion or fear or whatever it is that you have is driving that behaviour. There'll be the one-off time where you spend because of whatever emotion, but it's also important to understand that if that becomes a habit, then you're looking and thinking, okay, well, why is that the case? And it mm. might, might even get quite deep for you, which it often does yeah. when it comes to money stuff and money is oh. a big driver of stress. And so it's a, that's why another reason why it's important to open up these conversations with people because you never know how different things could be affecting um, not only your mental health but your financial Mm. health as well and I think you know uh, another reflection I was having this morning on this was well you know it also comes back to a little bit of like our drivers and people's love languages right because Mm. I feel like you know thinking on um, my kind of extended family and network there are definitely people in my circle whose love language is giving and Mm. um, being really generous to others and that's amazing but those sorts of tendencies can lead to a little bit of overspending or emotional spending in that way because yeah. you can be, you know, over generous because you feel good when you help others, but that comes at a monetary cost. Mm. Um, and so, you know, maybe just being aware of, you know, what are the drivers of things that do make me feel good and am I creating the right behaviour here? Are there other behaviours that I could start to create that maybe don't involve money? or an expense. And, you know, that's where it comes to thinking around, well, what are some of the things that we can do? There's lots of different behaviors and actions um, that create endorphin hits and, you know, release dopamine. And so it's about finding, you know, once you know what your trigger is and that emotion is, finding an alternative that can, I guess, be your go-to to not say that, well, you're never going to spend again or you're never going to buy something again because I'm sure that will happen. But if you have alternates to replace that with, then at least you've got a starting point of, you know, making sure that spending is not your default. Yeah, absolutely. And I always compare um, like spending mentality to binge mentality and dieting. Like it just seems to have so many overlaps in the sense that um, often if you – you know, restrict, restrict, restrict when you're eating, um, mm. you tend to want to binge out more on bad food later because you haven't had it for so long, or not bad food, but maybe less nutri- nutrient-dense food. Um, and yep. then when it comes to spending, it's the same thing. You know, you restrict, restrict, restrict. You don't give yourself mm-hmm. any room to spend anything for yourself. Then you are just going to open the floodgates and completely um, – like just let everything go and so having those swaps like you would for certain foods um is important 
for the same thing when it comes to spending. And are there any swaps that you have used in your life to avoid that unnecessary spending? Great question. Um, There definitely has. So I think at a very practical level, the main swap that um, my husband and I implemented was actually making sure that we had separate bank accounts. Now, Mm. it sounds a little bit complicated and I guess, you know, oh, why? But what it was, was we were swapping the fact that all of our discretionary spending happened through our main account and moving it very purposefully to a separate bank account. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we have all of our money for our bills and our pay go into one account and then we both have what's called our fun accounts and they are with literally a separate bank and the reason that we do that is we more often than not both leave the house and we don't have a card on us that's attached to the main account that has you know the majority of our money that's for our bills and but we do have this other card now that's good because, you know, we've kind of, I guess, agreed with a certain amount of fortnight that we feel comfortable spending on fun stuff. Um, and we can spend that however we want. There's no rules on that. Like that's totally up to you. Um, but the thing with that as well is, you know, if you run out within the fortnight, too bad, so sad, like, and because the money is in another bank account, you've actually got that physical like 24 hour time delay from it to go from Westpac to ASB. It's not a straight, you know, ASB to ASB or jumping online on my online banking and taking some money from my savings when I'm literally out and about to pay for dinner. And I will be honest, like this has caught us out. You know, we have gone out for a date night once thinking like, we're going to have a great date night, ordered a few too many cocktails, got to the end of dinner, got our bill and both realized that neither of us had enough money in our fun account to pay for this and we did not have our other bank account and so we had to phone a friend who had an ASB bank account so that we could get an like an immediate money transfer and you know that though is one of those lessons that's like that Mm. happened once and then never again and so I think for me that was just a very practical swap Mm-hmm. But then I guess on like a different level, some of the other things is, you know, I've identified like you have that stress is probably one of my biggest driving factors. So I make sure that I have other things in my life that some of them do cost money and some of them are free mm-hmm. um, that help with that um, and make me feel good in that area. But are not, I guess, emotional spending. So mm-hmm. a simple one is, you know, I do make sure that I pay for a gym membership because mm-hmm. I get a lot of benefit out of going to the gym and paying for the gym makes me go to the gym. So, you know, that I guess is kind of a a monetary swap that we've kind of implemented. Um, But yeah, how about yourself? Have you kind of thought about this? Are there things that you're like, yep, that's that, or maybe you need to implement a swap? (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think I'm more on the need to implement, but I would say that there are certain things that I, do to try and get in their habit of like not making online window shopping my default fun activity because that's when you know you start to see things and you're like oh I could just get that or get this and um you know putting in little barriers to kind of remove that temptation is important but essentially removing that as as an activity for me in lockdown is a big part of that and I think like I often find it really relaxing to be listening to like a podcast or an ebook and then doing something else um, mm-hmm. and that usually was online shopping or just and I wasn't even intending on buying anything it was just more to have a look but that obviously is going to increase temptation so trying to replace that other activity with something um, yep. like I've started coloring in and honestly that relieves a lot of stress because <laughs> you're just it's so mindless and I find it, yes. for me it just has to be a mindless 
activity um, because mm. I want to feel somewhat productive and I feel like I'm learning if I'm listening to a podcast or an ebook, so mm. that's all great. But then to have something mindless as well so it does feel relaxing and not like I'm doing some intense self-development or something like that yeah. um, is really important. So putting in those kind of activity swaps for me is key and mm-hmm. I guess encouraging more positive behavior. Yeah. I love that. I think, you know, on the swaps the and the online shopping thing, like this is, I guess, one of the hardest traps for everyone, mm. particularly because it's so easy to buy things online now. Mm. And it's like, I feel like triply easy when you're in lockdown or, mm. you know, at least confined to your house for a decent portion of the day. Um, one thing that I have found really good, and I don't know, I don't think I really kind of did this purposefully. It's just sort of happened. But I look at a lot of stuff online, but I very rarely buy stuff online and I'm quite purposeful about forcing myself to go to the shop. Now, I think this is, you know, probably partly because I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure about sizing all the time, but then that's somewhat pointless because I buy everything from the same (laughs) stores anyway. (laughs) I think that's just a story I'm telling myself. Um, But I do find that, you know, if I think about kind of my spending blowouts, they've always been online. Whereas Mm. when you go into the store, there is just that physical element of like, you see the thing, you have to try the thing on, you have to think about it. You know, there's a lot of kind of just physical thinking and moving involved. And I always find that you know I will often see something online and go in and being like I'm a hundred percent going to buy this stuff and then I walk in and I don't buy anything or maybe I leave with one thing rather than the easy three that I thought I was going to buy Um, and so I think you know just as you kind of say I know on the gram a lot like make sure you set yourself up for success on the online shopping sense so unsubscribe from emails and I'd say I'm not so good at doing this and I think this is because it comes from FOMO and it's that fear of missing out on a sale and I was just like I needed to tell myself this this morning because I'm like but when you think about it how many times have you seen stuff on sale and then literally it's still on sale in like two months or or the shop has another sale again like this is just a story I'm telling myself and the reality is is all the you know fashion newsletters or shop newsletters that I actually read on email I still am going to remember what they are I I know what their websites are it's not like I'm going to all of a sudden forget that seed exists so I think just you know um being a bit honest well I have to do this being a bit honest with myself forcing myself to unsubscribe from those things so the temptation is gone and then you know it just creates you needing to make a purposeful action in the first place Mm. you know you're going to that website I'm actually going I've decided that I'm going to go and look at this thing I haven't just opened my emails and mindlessly been presented with something that then I've clicked on and then all of a sudden I've bought something yeah that's exactly my thing as well like identifying the actual need for it because you know you could see an email pop up with a sale on you're like oh yeah, I, I was really wanting to get like a new jumper or something, but really you weren't. It was just like a passing thought that you once thought mm-hmm. about and now you, it's justified because there's a sale on. But if you yeah. don't know that there's a sale on, you're kind of, well, in an ideal world, hope that you'd only pop to their store or the website if you actually had something in mind that you were really wanting or really needing. And so then that yeah. gives you, like, it's kind of just puts in another barrier, which I think is key too. And on that topic of treating yourself like how do you personally decide whether to treat yourself or not or do you just prefer to kind of do it when you feel like it so I definitely have a couple of rules around this I think 
where I'm really good at deciding to treat myself and what where the good rules sit is we Luke and I have decided but kind of between us that there's a meaningful amount of money that requires almost a conversation before you can buy a thing so you know if we play that out like there are some things that we have both wanted to buy recently that cost more than say $500 now that is a pretty significant expense um and so when we have an expense like that come up we both talk about it and we bring it up first and it's kind of this cross check with the other person of like okay that's cool like why do you want that thing and have you thought about how you're going to pay for that thing like is that coming from savings or are we going to work towards it over the next couple of months like Mm. you know to really talk about it and we're quite good at doing that with kind of those treat yourself items that are larger expenses where we're not so good at it is when it's like I'm at the supermarket and I'm <laughs> going to buy myself a $45 bottle of wine instead of an $18 bottle of wine that I'm used to and is totally fine yeah and that's where I think or you know the us going out for dinner and all of a sudden mm-hmm. buying too many cocktails and an entree and a dessert and then not being able to pay for our bill so I think that's where um the kind of you know there's a a challenging difference between the purposeful treating yourself mentality and then sort of the mindless day-to-day treating yourself mentality um and I think on on the mindless like smaller side that's where our fun budget really comes into play and I guess our rule around that is the total amount of money that you have is fixed and truly once the like once it's gone it's gone for that fortnight you have to wait until Mm. the next payday for that money to come back into your account or if you're really smart you can try and steal some from your husband and (laughs) there's like a lot of internal negotiation going on in the household (laughs) as to like like, can you shout me a coffee yeah Um, so we we do do that and but the total amount is fixed and I think the niceness with that is whilst the amount is fixed, it's full flexibility on what you want to spend that on. Mm. So I think that's maybe for us where the compromise is, where it's we, you know, just reminding ourselves, we've decided sitting down at our budget that this is what we can afford to spend on fun stuff. Whatever you want to buy, go for it, you Mm. know, and don't feel guilty about it. If you want to spend that whole money on lunches that fortnight, cool. If you want to buy a new jumper, cool. Like, and I think that's what's worked well for us. Yeah, that's exactly how I approach it too, is um, having that fixed amount and then kind of having the flexibility to spend what that on whatever you want because then it at least feels like you have full control over over what you do with that money because you do but there's restriction in the sense that okay you know that you're actually still going to be able to pay all your bills you're still going to be able to do all those things um, Mm. and get what you want so it's the nice happy medium definitely Definitely. Yeah. There was one thing I wanted to add on the online shopping because I feel like this yes. is definitely <laughs> the Tell biggest me. trap, me the which was, so I'm sure you, everyone's aware that, you know, it's very easy to have your credit card details saved automatically by your computer. Or if you're using yes. a system like PayPal or Shopify, Shopify catches you out all the time mm-hmm. and you've bought something on, say, another shop that uses Shopify before, you can inadvertently save your card details and then you have that like express checkout thing yeah. and it sends you a text and it's like, boom, done. Yeah. Now, that is everyone's worst, worst friend. So my suggestion with that would be removing all of those details that mm. autofill basically, like resisting the temptation to save things as an autofill. Or if you find yourself that you are in a situation at the moment where you are spending a lot, you are maybe, you know, seeing that your debt isn't going so well and you're like, I don't know where my money is going, 
deleting those details from the system so that then if you are buying something online, again, like going into a physical store, you have to physically go and find your wallet, find the card, type the number in. And I think, again, like I have personally found myself, I've been lying in bed, (laughs) scrolling at at night, went to buy something, realized that my card wasn't saved on the phone that I was using because it was my work phone. And I just tapped out and was like, oh, too hard. I can't bother to get out of bed and go find my wallet. I don't even know where it is in the house and that was you know I don't even know if I ended up in like eventually buying that thing but just having that as an immediate stopgap made me reconsider the purchase yeah that is a really good one because I have been caught in that trap so many times and even to the point where sometimes I didn't even and this is actually really bad like I didn't even realize I clicked confirm and then suddenly I like just the thank you page popped up and I was getting a confirmation email I was like what the? I swear I didn't even do that or I just blacked out for like five seconds as I was purchasing. It's like that is so concerning. So I feel like yep. that's a really good, um, really good tip. Yep. Oh, thank you so much for jumping on, Kat, again. Really appreciate your time. And uh, I bet this is so helpful for people. So, yeah, and timely. No worries. Thanks, Sarah. Enjoy. <laughs> Chat you. to you soon. Disclaimer time. So. The One Up Project is an educational platform providing information that is general in nature and has no intention of being financial advice. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information provided within the podcast at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any financial decisions based on the information within this resource. I'm not a qualified, registered or authorised financial advisor and if you require legal, financial or other expert advice, you should seek assistance from a professional advisor. Thanks guys. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, Be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one.